0: Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance.
1: Now let's start the show. show. Step out
2: My
0: the what a All
1: right, folks, welcome back. This is the Second Mouse Podcast. Um, I am joined by my two other co-hosts, Gato and Q. Say hi, boys.
2: Fuck you. Hey Tom. Hey Tom.
1: Hey, um, and thank you for sticking with us as we took a little uh, a break. We took a couple of weeks off to just you know have some downtime and you know some vacations and some work stuff got in the way. But we are back to talk about some of the things that have happened over the last few weeks and talk about some other um, some shows and some books that we're reading. And I know that there's been a lot of Like really upsetting news that's happened in the the US and in the world the last few weeks since we've been gone. Um, I am sure that we will get into a number of the decisions the Supreme Court has made recently, as well as some of the political implications that happens with that as well. There's a number of tragedies that have also happened in some shootings in Chicago and other places. But I was wondering if we can just start a little easy tonight and get into our favorite topic of all time which is decision making by the cleveland browns (laughs) so for those who have not been paying attention to sporting news recently the cleveland browns have traded baker mayfield to the carolina panthers for essentially nothing they they effectively traded him away it's a
0: conditional fifth round pick
1: so, basically, some old milk is what they're going to get for it. Yep. A carton of Virginia Slims. Yeah. Um, and, fa- and ultimately, what's going to happen is the Carolina Panthers are playing the Cleveland Browns week one. So, the Browns have traded Baker Mayfield to Carolina to beat them week one. <laughs> so, this is the first time that we've spoken to each other in the last couple of weeks. But, Gatto, I want to start with you. What is your first impression of this decision that the Browns have made?
0: I, <laughs> it is just... I mean, it's par for the course for fucking Browns, man. Like, this is... I, like, I don't know if they've been, like, on some sort of, like, quest to prove that you can just fail your way to the top. Maybe that's, like, what they're trying to do here. Maybe they've absolutely given up any sort of hope that they'll ever bring like a championship or even a winning season back to fucking Cleveland. Um and and they're just soundly resolved in causing as much chaos for themselves as humanly possible. There's there's nothing that makes any sense of what they do 80% of the time. I mean, I haven't heard a single moment of sanity come from that organization in probably probably since since puberty since puberty like i you know i i actually i believed in the hype of baker and i thought baker was a good idea so when they drafted him i was like okay you know this might work out for them and then they've still figured out ways to mush up whatever the fuck they've got going on that's good for them and double down on the shit that just makes them the browns like that quintessential like at least they stick true to their brand and they are proud of their identity because they're beco- they're about to become like a verb i mean i'm about to be like oh i browned that up you know what i mean which also sounds like i took a shit on it but that's kind of what the browns do too so i
2: their again, co- their colors are shit brown so it's kind of perfect for them
0: yeah and, and i'm done rant over <laughs> q what are your
1: thoughts
2: well, well, first, I have a question for you, Tom. Um, does this make you more inclined to go get Carolina Panther tickets?
1: No. <laughs> I and, I've, so. and I've spoken to a number of Carolina Panthers fans, and they're like, why? Why would we do this? Because there's already one fail son from that draft class that's on the team already in Sam Darnold, in his giant <laughs> fucking head, who throws a zillion interceptions and fumbles the ball all the time and is always hurt. But also... There's another quarterback on the roster who getting Baker only prolongs his lead time to start. And that's Matt Coral. And there was a lot of interest and a lot of hype around him from Carolina Panthers fans because he's going to be their first like legitimate quarterback that they've drafted since Cam Newton. And there's just a lot of questions, like, why would you go after a guy who is just as problematic as Sam Darnold, except he's shorter.
2: I think I think Matt Coral might end up getting Josh Rosen because Matt Rule was already on thin ice. He's gonna get fired. Is, and he he could potentially get fired at the end of the year. And you know he's not gonna throw Matt Coral in late in the season because He's going to try and save himself, so he's going to find a life raft, and it's going to be basically between Baker and uh, Sam Darnold, and then if a new administration comes in, he might get left behind. But I I did like Coral a lot. So I think I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. I think Baker Mayfield gets way more hate than he deserves. He may be problematic in his attitude, um, but it reminds me kind of like of Odell like that he just seems really passionate about winning and people mistake that to be like you know he's cocky and he is cocky but if you watched him at oklahoma like i did like planting the flag at ohio state all those different things were just it seems like it was just being overly animated i want to go back for a minute
1: well, can I say one thing though? Yeah, yeah. When, when I said problematic, I did not mean that his like behavior is problematic, and I am fully. The
2: into... Browns have said that though. The, the Browns. The Browns are,
1: are into... problematic though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but look, look, the, look who they also traded for too. Like, let's let's yeah. let's be real. No, about what, these what's 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 so
2: funny about it is that like I'm not even saying you guys. I'm saying that the Browns have been basically saying it that he's been a problem child for them, and if you want to go back 2020, he played he played all 16 games. They won 11 and five. He threw 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions and he threw for 3,500 yards. That's a good, I mean, that's a good number. He as a rookie. He broke, he tied the rookie touchdown passing record. Uh, he tied Russ Wilson and Peyton Manning. He's got a cannon for an arm. He was hurt all last year. So I think that people are really just kind of leaning on last year and saying that he's like, he's toast, but I I mean, look, Ben McAdoo's is the offensive coordinator of Carolina.
1: Oof. Yeah. That fucking but, haircut, though. But at the
2: same time, <laughs> let's not let's not forget that Ben McAdoo as offensive coordinator of the Giants gave Eli Manning the best years he's ever had statistically. True. And despite the fact that Eli Manning was clearly in decline at that point, and he was the guy lobbying for the Giants to move up to get Patrick Mahomes. So the instincts are there. The haircut is fucking dumb. I know. And the fucking big suit to uh, the wearing that big oversized fucking clown suit. It's that big suit energy. (laughs) (laughs) But I I honestly think that with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, a couple good, good weapons there. Christian McCaffrey healthy uh, could be could be pretty interesting offensively with Baker Mayfield.
0: I want to go back to your point, though, Q, about how you're saying that the Browns have been calling Baker problematic and what most of this is probably reactionary to all their poor decision making first off and you also brought up like odell and i think we've seen now quite a few cases and instances and i actually read one today um where teams and um you know sports reporters are almost making or generating their own bullshit drama to fit their own needs, whether it's to create talking points, if you're part of the media here, sports media, or if you're the organization and you're trying to give plausible reasons to shop or get rid of or what you want to pay out in a contract, whatever it like is. I'm starting to see a a big narrative. Like Today I read an article. It was AJ Brown stood up for Jalen Hurts um because there's been a lot of question about Jalen Hurts um in practice he's he's been performing poorly is the rumor mill kind of going on right now and i think that like a lot of players are just getting bum raps of public opinion and it's Baker is probably just someone who's been getting smeared left and right by the organization itself.
2: It feels like, uh, to your point, Gato. It feels like it's a twenty-four hour news cycle, right? Like yeah. have to always be pushing out content, ABC, always be contenting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jason Lloyd, who's a Browns insider for the Athletic, um, said that a league source told him that he was viewed by the organization as childish and immature. And Mayfield annoyed teammates and divided the locker room, and he was a difficult player to coach. So, again, a lot of Look at of the this, coaches
1: that they've had, though.
2: But but also, I wouldn't be shocked if that came from somebody in, like, Carolina who put that out there, trying to lower his trade value or something. Yeah. the The thing is, I'll put it this way. Baker Mayfield in college was one of the best quarterbacks I'd ever seen. Like, as far as, like college is concerned he he was like talk about a guy who went to texas tech was the fucking you know starting quarterback there and because patrick mahomes and davis webb went there he ultimately left he walked on at oklahoma and got the starting quarterback job and wins a heisman trophy i mean the kid's got determination and i know like too many commercials he needs to stop with the commercials uh, because I, i'm I think everyone was getting kind of tired of seeing him doing so many commercials. I think if he starts if he just kind of refocuses himself and and takes this opportunity uh to the best advantage he can, I mean the the Panthers may have just gotten themselves a really good starting quarterback for literally nothing, which is a hard thing to do nowadays.
1: I see a lot of comparisons that people are trying to make with Johnny Manziel and I'm like don't do that cuz they are completely different animals. They won Heisman trophies. They played in you know, they both played at they both played at Texas schools, granted. Right. But then right. Baker went to Oklahoma. They both went to the Browns. They were relatively high picks, but they are not the same players. And in the sense because outside of his sophomore junior year at Oklahoma. You have not heard Baker Mayfield get in any kind of legal trouble. No one has he, said that he parties too much. Nobody's saying any of that.
2: He had the one arrest, which was not, was not a great look. Um, and it was him. It's actually kind of a funny video. you you see him. He gets stopped. I think that he was drunk and he probably thought like, I'm I'm the starting quarterback. I can't be, I can't be getting caught drunk in public he tried to run yeah and he got yep. tackled it's actually a really funny video but it is like, it is funny yeah and it's like but it's like yeah I mean the worst case thing you could argue is that he was drunk and disorderly and like didn't assault anybody he was just like you know, Maybe kind of rude the cops, so it's like, who cares?
1: But but with that, nothing has happened off the field that is controversial with Baker Mayfield, and I think I think people are trying to compare the two and say they're alike in the sense of like their play. But Johnny Manziel ruined his career based on the fact that he was unwilling to pay attention to his career and try to get better at it. I think the worst malt liquor and domestic abuse. Yeah, (laughs) I I think that Baker like many quarterbacks in the NFL has gone through several head coaches, several offensive coordinators, several line coaches, a number of iterations of like offensive weapons. And as a young player, it's difficult to, difficult to get around a lot of those obstacles. And ultimately you kind of get sucked down and then you multiply it by getting hurt. It's not fair to him. I, I hope he, resurrects his career. I hope he ends up having a great career. I mean, he's got 92 touchdowns and 56 interceptions. Like we've seen guys that have had numbers like that who have turned things around. Um, But I just, for me personally, looking at it from the Carolina Panthers perspective, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they have two effectively reclamation projects that are on the roster. One that has shown that he can't really play. And Sam Darnold, and then another project on the bench. Like if you were hoping for stability, I'm not sure this is the one you want. Uh,
2: they're they're taking. I think they're desperate. They're taking a shot. I think they probably realize that like they can't go in with Sam Darnold being the de facto starter. And uh, but to go back to your point though, for a second, I think the worst thing about Baker Mayfield is his fucking middle name. That's about the worst thing about him. What is it, uh, Reagan? Ugh. <laughs> um, Johnny Manziel showed up to
1: practice as drunk yeah like he was a shit dude too right yeah
2: like the the domestic uh the domestic violence allegations and like again i'm just saying allegations because i don't know if he ever was charged for anything um but like they said like the, i think there was one story i'd heard this is a michael silver i know for the nfl he, he mentioned that he had gotten word that like they had to like cover it up a bunch of times and say he was injured because he was too drunk to practice. I think one player found him in like a tunnel somewhere. He was like wasted out of his mind at at the facility, and it's like this. The, I mean that like, and, and I think Johnny's been pretty open about it. I think he's kind of turned himself around. Um, he oh, even he said like
0: God or something.
2: I don't think so. I think he just kind of realizes like he he fucked up and like
1: he found DraftKings. That's how it happened to him. Is he really? I think he's a DraftKings guy now. I
2: mean, you know what? Whatever. I mean, whatever. I'm. I hope he turns it around. Um, but like, it's it's just crazy that, yeah. So okay. So the Browns denied report of a cover up. Uh, Nate Ul- Ulrich of the uh, Akron Beach Journal apparently, the Browns had to lie and said he had a concussion for a game because he showed up drunk and they said he he couldn't he couldn't play.
0: Wait. So they're. Their decision, their their genius thinking was. We'll just say he's concussed, which puts <laughs> him into concussion protocols. Oh, maybe maybe they didn't have him back then, did they? Uh, no, they they did. definitely did. They, they did, did,
2: but but the idea is that it doesn't. Really <laughs> not, it was. I think it was. I think it was the finale. I think it was the last game of the year, so it wouldn't have oh. mattered. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I. The Browns deny the allegation, which of course they're going to. But um.
0: This was twenty eighteen. Yes. <clears throat> oh yeah, no. He totally beat his girlfriend at a hotel.
2: Well, was he charged for that though? I or
0: So no, not at first, but then later on um after he assaulted a man in Austin, he had been cut from the Browns roster. He had tried to take anger management classes. Um his agents had dropped him. That's when they decided it was time to charge him because pictures of his abuse surfaced um <laughs> boy. yeah so
2: man the browns really know how to pick them that's for sure they um, got the skills. yeah look the, the 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 browns clearly look at their roster and they said to themselves we have a really good team they had a really good defense a bunch of they went out and got amari cooper for nothing and like real cheap because the the cowboys needed to shed cap they have a roster that can compete in the AFC. So they basically said damn the torpedoes. we're going to go with a, you know, Deshaun Watson. And I'll I'll say it plainly. Deshaun if you want to remove everything, Deshaun Watson is 100 million times better than Baker Mayfield like yes. as a football player. But they really I think the Browns had an idea that they thought all of this stuff with the allegations were going to go away and no
0: one will care. I I just imagine like them sitting in a meeting with like, um, what's his face, his agents there, and they they're just like, "Can you be honest with me? Just be honest with me. Did you do it?" Mm -hmm. And and, then they were like, "No, of course not. Like completely fucking lying." Yeah, yeah,
2: that works. Okay, (laughs) yeah, good enough for me.
0: We'll we'll get the paperwork going.
2: Well, he Uh, said he didn't do it, guys. Come on. (laughs) What am (laughs) I supposed to do? I not believe him. (laughs)
0: who's taking everything that that might be their problem they take everybody by their word and honesty does not it's not the best policy uh apparently
2: oh man yeah and apparently i think watson has since settled with most of the women which is you know so one or two still yeah and they were the new ones this will get buried eventually uh you know like everything else with the why are
0: people going so to bat for this guy why is he (sighs) is he really that much of a winner can he really yeah oh he is though
2: yeah he i mean he beat alabama in the national championship you know i don't give a fuck what you do no 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 i'm no i'm saying though. (laughs) yeah but i mean he he the houston texans were pretty relevant with him and that was with a front office that had no fucking clue what they were doing and Bill led Bill O'Brien just run roughshod over that roster trading DeAndre Hopkins getting David Johnson and a bag of chips in return. So I think the the belief is that if you put a real team around him, I mean that final year in Houston, not the one he sat out, the one before, they had traded they had traded DeAndre Hopkins. He, I don't even I can't I can't really even name like Brandon Cooks I think he was playing with and some other guy, Will Fuller
1: and oh, he had maybe Christ yeah he
2: maybe had one of the best years i've ever seen a quarterback have with an offensive line that was only okay and like he's le- he's legit a top 5 quarterback in my in my mind on play but like you're you're really excusing a lot of shit yeah uh, 67% 40 4600 yards 41 touchdowns and 17 interceptions with literally nobody there
1: the 2020 season was better. 4833 and 7. 4
2: and 12. Oh, oh but... the, yeah, no I was I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, uh yeah, that right 33 and 7. That was with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. Like <laughs> no no DeAndre Hopkins, he he upped his completion percentage and they went 4 and 12 because the rest of the team was absolute dog shit. Yeah. So, so he, right. he is legit.
1: Yeah, he's he's a legitimate player, but I think the Browns should have known better. And I know we've talked about this at length. Like they've been our asshole of the week already. They've already gotten their Dakota ring. But at the same time, like now they're stuck with Jacoby Brissett and you've like effectively loaded up this team. Now that Baker is off the roster, do they make it to the playoffs? Are they a five hundred team? Well, I guess you can't be a 500 team anymore, right?
2: I, well, yeah, you can't, you can't at this point. Um, I don't know. So Tom, we were kind of hinting at it beforehand. I'm of the belief that they're going to probably go pretty light on him. I think they're going to probably give him six games and they're going to, they're going to call it a day. If he plays, I think Jacoby Brissett can steer the ship for six games. Um, And I mean, with Amari Cooper and they, I think they re signed Landry, right? Or is he, is he gone?
1: I think he's gone. I think he's in New Orleans.
2: Doesn't even really matter. Um,
1: They, they have enough, they
2: have enough firepower there that, and with Chubb and fucking Kareem Hunt in the backfield, that offensive line, which is probably top five in the NFL, um, and a defense to go with it, they could be a legitimate playoff team and they'll be a dangerous playoff team because they'll be, you know, Watson will be kind of hitting his stride at that point. Uh, it really depends on what the NFL does. I I, for the sake of all of the situation, I hope they suspend him for a year. And because it also like, I think the Browns also anticipated that though, because that's why they set his salary the way it was. He's only making like a million dollars this year. Because they <laughs> if he did get fined, they were basically insulating him. So um but I think he gets suspended for six games and I think they're a borderline playoff team. That's just my guess.
1: So I mean they still got to go through the Bengals, right They gotta go through the Bengals, the Steelers and the Ravens
2: Steelers Steelers ain't scaring anybody this year
0: Ravens though might have a bounce back season because last year they got plagued with a million fucking knee injuries yeah I'm, that whole
1: team was a fucking mash unit last year
2: I'm yeah. a big I'm a big Ravens guy
1: this year
0: yeah, I'm big on Ravens too man. So I think this is this will be a good year for them. Lamar,
2: I a, Lamar in a contract year, by the way, he's going to yeah. go
0: off this season. And they did great drafting. I, I think they're in a good place. They, I mean, they they're, are still probably one of the more competitive divisions now in in the league.
2: That team every year drafts unbelievably, like just insane how good they are at drafting
1: mm-hmm.
2: every single fucking year.
1: So I think that because it's taken so long. For a decision to be made about Deshaun Watson, I think they're going to go light on him. I think because this was what like three weeks ago that they met. He met with the NFL, and if you haven't figured it out by now, like they're probably like negotiating a settlement or something like that with the NFL, and that, it's going to be something dog shit. It's going to be it's going to be eight games. It's going to be half a season. If he had not gotten the settlement funds.
2: With uh, those women, I think he probably would have gotten the whole season. But now that he got the settlements done, I think they're going to go light on him.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, though, is that a settlement is not an admission of guilt. It's also not an admission of innocence either. It's just, I'll give you money to not complain about this anymore. Right. So the NFL will see that as like, oh, it's a resolved issue. It's like, no. Exactly.
2: Because most some places will settle just because the court proceedings are going to be more expensive. It's right. not it's not widely considered it depends on the settlement if the settlement hinges on him uh saying that he did something then yes but like there's no way that's going to be the case here no. there's no way
1: And that press conference that he gave when he um was introduced as a member of the Cleveland Browns there is no indication that he was admitting any kind of guilt
2: Nope not one bit
1: So Do we want to move on to our next topic, which is Elon Musk and Twitter (laughs) and their their ballet that they've been in with each other for the last, what, three months at this point?
2: I got to say, we're we're pretty we're we're pretty vindicated. Yeah, we we all pretty much guessed that this was going to be the case in which he was going to drop out, cite some bullshit response about like. And of course, in this case, it was bots and that he was going to try and get out of the deal. And he just wanted to fucking stir up shit
0: bots it's um i'm actually really excited this isn't over guys I, oh, no. I don't know if you're aware twitter went out and they picked up the law firm that made like the poison pill
1: oh they're suing uh, argument, him aren't they
0: and they're yeah. going yeah they're they're looking for blood on this one man yeah. they're gonna get their money um and i'm all for it i'm team twitter with this one man you can't just fuck around like this and then not do something but like, well he also
2: he also disparaged them too I mean yeah. aside from the fact of like trying to pull out on the deal that was going to net them 44 billion he's now basically saying that like oh I looked at the books and they're hiding how many bots there are on this site and like they they can now sue him to buy it and then get a little bit more money for damages
0: which which it's funny because um Twitter has some of the as as far as like social media's go it has um some of the most restrictive um rules on bots. However, there are tons of bots. Oh, of course. So don't get me wrong. Um, but there's, there's lots of policies regarding um, bots that other social medias do not have as much of. So it's it's interesting that it took this long for it to happen and that it just kind of was out of the blue. You know what I mean? Like it, it we knew it was coming. It had been weeks, but the bow out came at a funny time because it was when we also found out that he had another family. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, yeah. listen, listen, Elon Musk pulls out doesn't pull out of a lot of things, but the one thing he does pull out of is a deal.
1: And so actually when did the uh, when did the announcement happen? I feel like it was like dropped in the weekend news, so no one would pick up on it in, during the holiday.
2: Oh. Yeah, and it was it was coincidentally he announced that he was not buying Twitter when all of a sudden people started reporting that he had uh children with one of his former employees.
0: I mean, Fucking that's how that's that's playbook, you know, let's 101 for him. He he's always trying to distract you with one hand while he's doing something. I
2: don't you know, I don't know why back. he cares though because the nerds will not give a shit anyway. They worship everything the man does so like they're not going to care that he fathered some kids with a former employee they'll probably be like yeah totally man awesome
0: yeah no it, it bolsters but it's it's to take focus off of what the real the real matter at hand was and that was that he was backing out of the twitter deal
1: so what do you think was the real reason why he backed out of it because i i don't buy the the whole bots narrative that there was too many of them what do you let's speculate here for a second. What do you think was the reason why Elon <laughs> Musk was like I'm not going to buy Twitter anymore? I
2: think I think he needed to unload some Twitter uh, some Tesla stock and he was able to convert um uh, he bought he bought Twitter stock and he he liquidated a lot of his Tesla stock that was already overvalued and he basically bought Twitter stock and then like now he made a bunch of money off of it and he's like oh I don't want to do this anymore.
0: It was it was pure market manipulation at its yeah, best. I don't think it had anything to do with it. So because once the news broke, the shares went through the roof for Tesla again.
2: There is a there is a Fortune article, by the way, uh, that you can look up. How Elon's bizarre Twitter takeover saga could have just been a cover for him to sell eight point five billion in Tesla
1: stock. So, yep. uh, I mean, it makes sense. That that makes total sense when you start thinking about it that way. That he saw the writing on the wall for Tesla but then blamed Twitter for having some shit going on inside their company. Just find it interesting, like, yo, man, Tesla's not, like, profitable.
2: And it's over, it's overvalued.
0: It's, yeah. it's, it's plausible deniability, too. It's like, why are you pulling your money out? Oh, because I'm not liquid. I need this money to buy Twitter, right? So now he has, like, a whole motive. He has a whole narrative of why he's doing what he's doing. Meanwhile he knows that what his actions are are going to drop the value of the stock. It's perfect. It's, it's exactly what exactly what he wanted to happen I mean, but also
1: also too the the other component that we're not talking about here is that Elon Musk by selling his stock is lowering the value of his company yeah. and there were also it was like 17% of his workforce that got fired too we talked about it when we talked about work from home like come back to work so we can fire you in person. And this is just a way for him to make money. But at the same time, it puts Twitter through the ringer. He talks shit about them. Now they're going to sue him for it. And he's going to get more famous off of that for whatever reason. But also there are workers who have lost their job because this guy can't fucking handle his QuickBooks account.
0: Was it him or was it Facebook? Somebody said that they're cutting their uh... – sure their annual plan for hirings by like 20 percent so I think like it was Zuckerberg seven, oh, okay I was gonna say it was like 7 thousand down to like five thousand or whatever but I think it was what with Twitter um a third of employees were getting cut or something it was something
1: like that what was yeah it, I think, it was, a, it, was a, it was a big number yeah
2: yeah I think the hope was that he he felt like some people wouldn't return back to the office. Uh, so basically, like, force them back so that I can fire them. I I, I read something that Zuckerberg was pretty much making, like a, like, a play, like, basically, like, trying to find his way out of, like, paying uh, severance to his employees. That's all they're doing at this point. They're basically just trying to um, get out of paying their employees. The, ec-
0: the economy's hyperinflated. They want to restructure everybody. And if they can fire off more people than they have to lay off, it's in their benefit.
2: Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, we're turning up the heat, quote, at Meta so employees will quit.
0: Turning up the heat.
2: Sub New York Post article. Realistically, quote, realistically, there are a bunch of people at the company who shouldn't be here.
1: Then yes. you should fire them.
2: Yeah. Part of my hope is by raising expectations and having more aggressive goals and kind of just turning up the heat a little bit, that I think some of you might decide that this isn't the place for you. And self-selection is okay with me.
0: Yeah, please quit. Please yep. quit is the underlying. <laughs> so I don't,
2: so I don't have to pay you I don't have to pay you uh unemployment and I don't have to pay you fucking severance.
0: Yep.
2: Fucking scumbag behavior.
0: That's some pretty shitty shit right there. It marks like one of the biggest fears of um our generation, actually, is that even though we see the writing on the wall, we're just gonna behave as poorly as our fucking predecessors and get just as greedy and shitty about things but it will be way worse because we'll have acted as if we cared for this long before going and basically pulling that ultimate fucking con
1: it's just interesting that all of these thought leaders about like new work and like new ways of how the industry is going to operate they still go back to these antiquated approaches of how to like manage employees which is like treat them like shit, devalue them, and then hope that they leave. Because ultimately the guys who are running these multi-billion dollar like tech companies, they've never actually had to have a conflict with anybody. They've never actually had to have like a sit down conversation with anybody who is going to look them straight in the eye. Like I, I was, um, I just finished a book called The Unwinding by George Packer. And it talks a lot about how like the tech industry, like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg got started and these, and there are a number of other individuals as well too, where they had these just really like almost like lofty aspirations of how work is going to change. they were idealists. They're idealists, but like in a monetization way, but none of their like ideas had any kind of like potential conflict involved in it. It was like, everything goes perfectly.
0: Yeah, I mean, for too long, like the t- well, that was the thing, because because the tech utopia, the whole the whole startup mentality is that you're just like you're crushing it because you're you're in a, you're in a new space and yeah. your innovation it caused like the the markets and everybody to diefy these fucking Steve Jobs wannabe motherfuckers. And let's let's be completely honest. Fucking Steve Jobs is the last person anyone should be fucking glorifying.
2: Agreed. Um, Yeah,
0: I would agree. And and we had this whole like romance thing with them because they were just these these fucking disruptors were just bringing in money hand over foot, and it was new money from a new direction. And we you know we gave them a long leash and. Now we're realizing they're just fucking phonies. They're just again somebody fucking with and an elevator pitch, man. That's it.
1: Yeah. There's a line in the book that talks about how Peter Thiel was interviewing people to serve in his internship, and he was talking to this guy who was trying to like forge education technology and gaming together. And he said Peter Thiel was like, I get really nervous about hiring people from 501c3s or from education because they're lazy. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you're such a fucking asshole. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're
2: in fucking private equity. I mean, you loan people. You're essentially a loan fucking shark that like pays people money to start businesses. Then you get a cut of it. So like, who's the real lazy fuck here?
1: And I just I just listened to that and the guy who he was interviewing had like a really interesting idea and the the interviewee was trying to spin it in the sense of like, "No, this is a gaming company, but we're trying to like disrupt the education industry and get kids interested in like learning.
0: Gamification and- is a very very powerful way or tool to motivate people or create like positive habits. It's it's been done." I yeah a great idea
1: but just the thought that like you can't possibly invest any money in something that is a non-profit or like attracts people who want to work in the nonprofit space because you think that they're lazy or they don't have any other capability like bro you like you you grew up with a silver fucking spoon in your mouth like shut up
0: <laughs> I, I especially think anybody like that's such a bad premise too because anybody that like goes into um Doing non for profit and stuff, they're like impassioned about whatever they're working on, right? And most of those people so, work
1: long ass fucking hours too and take yeah. shit money and they, they, they still like, do it. And that's why it's like, that's, they're like the
0: very definition, like they're the antonym of, of fucking lazy for that reason. You know what I mean? Cause they could be doing anything else with their fucking time and they're focusing it on doing some fucking good, right? Like he's just an asshole.
1: Yeah. And there's, <laughs> When these people eventually leave these nonprofit companies or they leave education and they go out into like the corporate world, the corporations are like, you work so hard. Like, why are you working so hard? Like, because this is how you fucking operate everywhere else where, you know, you make $40,000 a year Mm -hmm. and you have to work like eight to seven every day. You find ways to make things easier and you do them and you work hard.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know. It's again. It's like one of those fucking things. It's they're fucking deluded. There's too much money up top that they they're just so sheltered from the reality that is below them. You know. Yeah.
2: I don't think they like even like understand how little people make like oh. <laughs> that like they they like it's like it just seems like everywhere anywhere you go politically anybody that's been rich for a long period of time just has no clue how things like how like close people are like how many people live paycheck to paycheck in this country and just like so little caring either so it's just
0: i don't know no because like they boast about they boast about like when they earn someone's salary in like a day you know what i mean <laughs> like it's so I'm crazy. They're like, oh, that's what you make? I make that every, like, 37 hours or something. Like, Okay. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that statistic? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: I just oh, that, that's going to
1: motivate right? me to try to become you, right?
2: Pull, up your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps.
1: <laughs> and have your father on a fucking diamond mine.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it was a cobalt mine, all right?
0: You're right what was i thinking but the diamonds <laughs> of batteries
2: <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh god it's just like i, I just I, you look at like between this supreme court like there's just like no good news coming ever
0: and and if we're going to talk about supreme court there's probably not going to be good news
1: coming from that direction for a very long time No, this is going to be a bad movie franchise for the next, like, 15 years. Yeah. Uh,
2: This has been one of my biggest things about Biden. I remember when he got elected and everybody was, like, cheering and all that. And I was happy that Trump was gone. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, he does not seem like the guy who's up for this type of moment. He's he's a guy when everything's going well is fine because he can just coast. But, like we already knew that the Supreme court had a six, three advantage. So like we knew it was going to be a fucking fight this entire way, but I shared with you guys, uh, that article, um, about the independent state,
0: uh, Yes, the the cha- the election challenges, and yeah, that will be on the next next uh, sessions document. It's,
2: right? it's 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 not going to just be for Wisconsin. I, I I mentioned Wisconsin as an end game. It's an ind- It's they call it the independent state legislative legislator doctrine. So to put it in layman's terms, basically, it the way that the electoral college works is that like you have a popular vote, and then you assign a set of electors based upon how those results go. Theoretically, nobody has to allow, like, so, like, Joe Biden and goes against Donald Trump in Wisconsin, right? Joe Biden wins by a million votes, let's say, hypothetically. They're not beholden in most scenarios to actually appoint those uh, electoral college legislators to Joe Biden, but most places do. And that's like typically now this is going to
0: be a good faith component to, like, the. Indirect, right? Elections that we have.
2: There are some states that automatically mandate it to the winner of the popular vote. Yes, but basically, what this ruling is going to allow to happen is going to be allowing state lawmakers to basically decide that they're not going to ratify the electoral results if, let's say, Joe Biden wins in Wisconsin. So, Wisconsin is a good example. It has a state legislator that's Republican, right? They can ultimately decide not to ratify the results. Um, of the election and basically just say, uh, oh, you know what? We're going to cast our vote for Donald Trump and we're going to send our elect- 30 elect, whatever, how many electoral votes they have to Donald Trump. So basically that's what Trump was trying to do in 2020. Yes. He was trying to get Republican legislators to basically back him and shave off enough votes. That's why he was saying it to Brad Raspberger, Like, I need 11,000 votes. You need to yeah, find he- me 11,000 votes.
0: Because he tried to do that in what? Arizona? Uh, Michigan
2: Wisconsin Michigan. Pennsylvania and Georgia okay. so yeah,
1: Georgia is the big one actually yeah so Georgia- there's a big court case going on right now in Georgia to investigate this yep. right. while at the same time the Supreme Court is going to hear and probably rule in favor of something that is the exact opposite of that right if this
0: case moves that into that direction if if it gets in front of the Supreme Court it will just get shut down depending on who's objecting to who it's whatever that outcome is it's going to be the same it's going to be uniformed because this is a supreme court that is completely ideological and they have a full full force agenda that they're not even gonna wait for midterm elections to fucking unroll. They weren't even gonna play it slow. They just went fucking full blitz ahead. So
1: the yeah. difference is, though, is that the Supreme Court, if you look at it in its history, has typically like leaned conservative.
0: In but but modern is, history, yes, but
1: it has it has been an unbiased or lesser biased conservatism that has happened. Now it's just fuck it. This is how I it's mean, going to mind
2: you, Roe v. Wade was it was a pushed seven, out. It was it seven was, two, but it was also issued by it was it was championed by a conservative. So, right.
0: so this actually brings me to a point that I've been thinking about a little bit with with that in regards to the history of the court. Um Back then, when when we had Roe v. Wade. Um, even before that right when we were in the Warren court era liberal this was still considered kind of a liberal group but there were a lot of moderates that still were on the on the court i think at that time america didn't have the type of disparity or inequality amongst its classes the ultra rich and the poor and you could still be someone that came from like a poor background and end up on the court as many of the earlier justices from from like New Deal time up till uh, when when Berger took the court, took over the court, you see that like a lot of them were actually like they came from humble beginnings. And we're now in a point where you're you have to kind of, you have to be part of this exclusive club of topping your class at some of the presti- most prestigious schools. You have to clerk, you have to know everybody in the game to get this to this place this this position i think that they're so out of touch that you know we're there's a disparity here there's they're not going to there's take, a
1: disconnect between like yeah. what like political or legal doctrine says at yale or harvard law versus what the normal average american has to deal with every day and Ultimately, if you think about Roe versus Wade in a greater context, it's the U.S. government does not feel that women can be trusted with their own bodies and make their own decisions. The federal government,
0: I think if – like the idea is the federal government has no right to the destruction of life and it is solely left up to – states to decide it, which seems so defeating in the whole concept itself is that they, it's not, so weird to me not
2: not to mention this whole states right thing is a complete fucking farce anyway it is because it's because the minute they only doing this now and talking about states right issues because they don't have power you give them power in all three houses again and national band's going to be literally 101 on their docket Literal national but, abortion ban. So it's a state's right issue for us. But, oh, well, you know what? Now that we have power, but, it's a national
0: Well, but then they would have to have a court case that would come forward Has said it is a mm-hmm. state's issue. So even if there is a congressional law that gets pla- gets passed, it would still have to get there for, through, through like some – It would need to go through all the circuit courts. That. Exactly. It there. would still have to be tried for them to enforce because states just wouldn't – states like New York wouldn't enforce it.
2: I would Maybe ultimately something. feel though that they'll just find some random precedence They'll be like, Yeah, you know what? We changed our minds.
0: They'll yeah. they'll they'll try tooth and nail I mean, if you look at the court cases that came out around um it was what Jackson Health versus Dobbs? No.
2: Dobbs is, is the, one of them Dobbs is one of them, yep. Uh
0: no, um like the, the, the court case that overturned Roe, I think yeah. it was Jackson Health. Um if if you look at like the other th- um, the other cases, um, nothing matches up, like in terms of like staying consistent with like a ruling of the Constitution's like their interpretation of the Constitution because concealed carry laws, the right to for a um, for a state employee to, or a federal employee to pray, um, these were all just such crazy fucking different decisions that had nothing to do with you know being originalist or saying that this was like they they cherry picked the pieces and precedents they wanted in other instances they said precedents don't matter and then in other instances, they said we're rewriting history and fact like the guy that was praying right and and i was like i don't care if you pray i've said this a million times i don't care if you pray but the guy who who uh took up the case um, because he was praying during the football coach praying at games he was they made the argument and this was the opinion the um, assenting opinion of the courts was that essentially you could do it in times that like people are kind of at their leisure like in between when they're checking their phones or going about their own thing but if you look at the the actual evidence he's taking up time to be demonstrative right he's got other people involved and he's making it a whole group thing when they could be doing other things but they're not you know what i mean so it no like it's not even part of the truth
2: and you can't it's convince me You and you can't convince me that he wouldn't ultimately um the people who don't do it wouldn't face retribution
0: you know i and i would love to see if if this case was instead like at, at the 50-yard line, a bunch of people rolled out prayer rugs and fucking prayed to Mecca. Because I would love to see what would have been the end result of that one, right? Have a,
2: have a feeling they wouldn't have felt the same way.
0: And and it, it worries me, because I think we're at a point where, like, so, you know, neoconservatism lent its way to Christian fundamentalism because they piggybacked on that because they, they lined up well. But now they realized how much funding and money they can make through Christian fundamentalism and it's overtaken all of the conservative views and it's now the prime like mover of the party and we are just seeing that the ideology of the fundamental Christians are now taking over the political conservative edge of things.
1: It's Catholics too. While at the same time religion in the United States is less popular than ever. Yep.
0: Yeah, well it goes organized to, religion. It I goes mean. to say that we have a minority that's ruling over the majority.
2: And and this was my biggest problem with Biden is that he doesn't seem interested in fighting back against this because like the 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 independent state leg, you know the thing that I was just talking about before should be talking about that now before you even give them a chance to to even try. And he has resisted any urge to maybe try and abolish judicial review. Or try to like threaten to pack the court, and if they don't, if they don't scale back on what they're doing, he doesn't seem fit for the moment to understand. Like, and again, this is going to undercut the Democrats' whole 2024 get out and vote thing. So let's say in New York, right? Like, let's say imagine New York has a Republican state legislator, which Lee Zeldin might win. So we might have a Republican governor in this fucking state. So in that case (laughs) they ultimat God fuck him. They ultimately might just go, oh, he uh Biden won by uh two and a half million votes in New York. Well, we're gonna send our you know representatives to uh for for..." by the way, over half the states have Republican state legislators.
0: Yes. So middle of nowhere, (laughs) you're gonna get a you're gonna get a red candidate, man. That's so I mean
2: I don't think they understand that like this whole get out and vote thing in 2024 is gonna be fucking null if they don't do something about this now.
1: So, Can I just say something too? I think a majority of people were relieved that Trump was not going to be the president in 2020. I don't me, think it was necessarily... Me included. I don't think people were like jazzed that it was going to be Joe Biden. I think it was like, all right, we're going to vote for this guy, but at least it's not going to be Trump. and We're not going to have to do this for another four years. But I am continuously overwhelmed and amazed by the just like complete short sightedness of every facet of the Biden administration, not being able to see anything that's like a mile down the road or six or eight months down the road and just like letting things happen to them all the time and just get getting creamed every time for months on end. And in that book, um, the unwinding, it also talks about somebody who was with Joe Biden since he was a senator in Delaware. He was, um, he was a member of his staff. He was a member of one of the committees that he was involved in. And he was actually on the presidential campaign the first time that Joe Biden ran back in the 80s. And he said one of the biggest problems that Biden has is his inability to make decisions as a leader. Yeah. He's a great motivator. Oh, He's you mean great... like
0: that thing you really need to be able to do as a president?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like if anybody is like a MBTI Myers-Briggs typology inventory person like Jay, Jay is for judging. People who are Jays are decision makers, and they need to know like how to be able to come to a conclusion quickly. And the problem that Biden has had since he was in the Senate is – he is afraid to make decisions and he gets really frustrated really fast when they're not – when people are not able to help him make that decision for him. Like – and that's the problem. And it and when you start thinking about that and you put that in perspective with what the government has been for the last two years where effectively – this is a government that does not have a particular direction of where it's going to go. It doesn't know what battles it needs to fight. It doesn't know what priorities it needs to have. It does not know where it wants to take the country. And that all really stems from the top. Like it's pretty straight. And I will say Obama had this problem too, where it was a little too one side, like too like one track mind approach to things like this seems to happen before this happens. Like, no, you're the fucking federal government. You can do more than one thing at once. But
2: and when is he gonna rein in on fucking mansion and, and cinema? When when is he gonna finally use that good faith he's been building?
0: Never, never. He's he's always talking about making a deal because I think he's tr- he's he's like Tom said, right? It's this is somebody who needs other people to make the the big decisions for him. they will right. just carry him out and so he comes to the he comes to the fucking negotiation table and he's like so let me hear what you want not really with with any plan as to what like he actually wants he knows there's an outcome that's going to make a certain amount of people happy on his side but that's about as far as he goes he doesn't have any way or plan of of doing this and to be completely honest he's not really he's he's beyond a centralist he's actually in my opinion he's on the right
2: he's like, a moderate republican from
0: the 90s he really is yeah he's not liberal in any sense like so when people put him into that that fucking co- like the column of of liberal because he comes out of the democratic party it's so fucking false
2: part of me part of me feels as though that he actually is happy that rose rose gone because biden has never been a champion of abortion I mean, he was one of the main proponents of the Hyde Amendment, which cut off federal funds for abortion rights. So uh, I I, won't, I wouldn't be shocked if he's c- perfectly content with the well, fucking decision.
1: Well, a lot of his decisions in the 80s and 90s have not aged well. And it's not from like a political nope. perspective or anything like that. It's from like a historical perspective.
2: And like also like for, for him – I mean he he just doesn't seem to have any clue of like the big moment that we're in at this mo at this point and, ta- and like even the speech he was giving the other day where he is going to basically like do an executive order great should have did it he should be public, he talks public about health doing agency.
0: a executive order more than he does an executive order
2: right if I know and again, I'm gonna sound like a fucking Bernie bro. But I don't give a shit. I know Bernie Sanders would have stripped Joe Manchin of all of his fucking committees and would have basically made him a fucking pariah the entire time. He would be trashing him on every single appearance he makes until he bends to his will. And I like, that's one good thing he can learn from Trump. Like, Biden can learn from Trump is like, go after your fucking people who are slowing progress down and call them out. Stop being fucking Mr. Nice Guy with these people. They're never gonna, they're never gonna work with you.
0: So, but that brings me to a different point about specifically the um, the overturning of of Roe. And that is that what is what is terrible for us is great for them, for the like the mainstream democratic party and their top leaders like like Nancy Pelosi, because all that all they're gonna do is stand by your side and just watch. Like Nancy Pelosi just watches that shit happen and then asks for fifteen bucks. And so they are they are offering their support standing by you, but they're not gonna do anything other than stand by you. And they're just gonna have their hand out the entire fucking time. And and that's kind of where we're at right now, is that they don't want to take action on this. They're like, this is an opportunity. They they don't have to worry about anything else until until uh the Supreme Court comes back and in what, November, October, November? Yeah. October. They, yep. uh, October. So they come back in October and then they just start dismantling elections and they're going like, to give me more money. They don't care. They could fucking walk away from from government at any moment, these people, by the way. They're so old. And I want to point
2: it, something out quickly. I know, I'm sorry, Tom. I'll let you go right after.
1: You're
2: good. Men have to start also understanding that Roe being overturned is, is going to be an issue for them as well. It's going to be an issue for everybody not just because of abortion. Roe is a privacy law. And this is going to have a huge thing on data privacy. It, like, it essentially stripping you of any type of privacy that you are, so your data is gonna be, your, any of your digital data is gonna be uh, co-opted at this point. Uh, so it's it's not just about abortion, that's the main tenet of it, but like this is overwhelmingly a privacy issue that is going to become, it's gonna have huge consequences going forward.
1: But I think that's the thing that people don't understand is that a lot of these constitutional or a lot of these Supreme Court decisions that were made in the 70s and 60s, Miranda rights being another one, were designed to protect people. They were designed to protect American citizens. And when you're championing Roe versus Wade being overturned, you're basically saying that people are not allowed to have you know the libertarian party i am shocked that they are not like outraged at this but you're basically saying that that americans and you know primarily one faction of americans don't have control over their bodies and the other ones don't have control over what they see on the internet or their their personal information and i think there's a lot of people that are cheering about this now on the conservative right or on the Christian right but they don't see all of the dismantling that's happened around what their personal rights are and I mean there's a level of cynicism in me that says that going off of what you said God I like how do we know that like the democratic party did not just like sit by and let this happen because they knew they needed an issue for the midterms and they knew they needed an issue for the 2024 election because they couldn't run on Ukraine. They couldn't run on gas. They couldn't run on inflation. They couldn't run on the economy. And what else is there to run off of if people are worse off now than they were a year ago? Yep. So let's make it a social issue, but ultimately like, I think the biggest frustration that people have with this administration right now is not that that got overturned, not that Roe v.ersus Wade got overturned, is that they just let it happen. Is that they opened the door and let this happen? And there's a lot of there's a lot of frustration with Bill Clinton. There's a lot of frustration with Barack Obama when the Democrats had supermajorities multiple times, they just kicked the can down the road, said it wasn't a big deal, and now they're they're having to reap the rewards or the they're having to live with their decisions and it it makes it very hard to like i know like the gop is the fucking lunatic party i know that but why are we going to vote for more of this well it just
0: seems like the democrats are just kind of standing there but in some ways from them not doing anything right like the whole quote of like you know when when good doesn't act you know evil prevails kind of thing it's like the crazy gop and they're trying to burn everything down we're like handing them accelerant
1: but countries don't come back like that though by the by the way
2: tom roe was on the fucking docket for 2016 because obviously with, with uh scalia dying We knew that whoever won was going to ultimately get to name a Supreme Court justice right out of the gate. Yep. And guess what? It didn't fucking matter. You know why? Because what was the number one issue? Anybody know what the number one voting issue from 2016 and 2020 is? The economy. It always is. Our old friend. friend. It's always is. To quote Bill Clinton, it's the economy, stupid. It will always be the economy. And if the economy shit, you lose you yeah. lose. And if if the economy the economy can be great and guess what? If you don't market it well, the other side will find ways to poke holes in it and fucking say you're doing a terrible job when everything's fine. You're dealing with inflation, you're dealing with um unemployment right now is okay, but who knows where we're going to be by 2024? It's going to go up. It's going to go up. Gas prices, food prices, everything's going up. The Dems are going to get slaughtered. And guess what? No one's going to give a shit about Roe. I mean, no one's going to care.
0: And that's the funny thing, is that I think they, like, the Supreme Court decided full steam ahead because they know it's not going to have any change. It's not going to have any effect. I mean, they, they, like, the stuff they did in, like, the last two weeks before the end of the session were insane. Like, there's another court case that I forgot to bring up where they ruled that states have jurisdiction on tribal sovereign land.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. I saw and, that.
0: and yeah. And that's like a big hand in, and, and that there's so many, so many things that if you think about that, that that can affect. Um, it can affect um, states, say, on casinos, and it's kind of going to be used to basically keep um, Indian, Indian nations poor. Right. It's going to try to block them economically. It's also going to say, oh, hey, like, this looks like it would be a great place for us to go drill some oil and put a pipeline through. Uh, we supersede you.
2: Untapped, um, yep.
0: And and there's been a lot of talk. Uh, I watched a episode of Samantha B and um, there was a talk of how federal land in some of these red states could be technically used in a in a way um to kind of circumvent the whole having to commute to a place that allows abortions to get one. And I think that one of the reasons that it was shot down was also for this reason. So that states can then say you're still committing a crime, even though it's federal or it's it's, you know, Indian territory, whatever it is. It's just they're coming for it all man i think they're they're done playing the game capitalism in itself is a game that's meant to end right it's like monopoly and i think consolidation of power like this is the moment that i think the republicans or the right in general the right is just like it's time to take that next step we're going yeah. into we're going into fucking marvel cinematic universe fucking stage 4
1: here you know so just to be clear the the Bureau of Indian Affairs is effectively
0: it still has
1: it still has its rights but
0: it it means that states can also claim claim rights in certain cases because there's sometimes these issues in which um a let's say like someone does something
2: it's like eminent domain right a it yeah. is
0: kind of like someone could commit crime that's not a native american um on on the reservation and they would be technically there. The jurisdiction would still would technically lie with the uh, sovereign Indian territory. But now with this rule overturned, you could commit that crime and the state could say, it's our case. We're going to take this person, which could mean a whole lot of things for like in, in bad, the bad consequences of all these, these terrible decisions with, What are really terrible, if you read or listen to some of these opinions that the Supreme Court's been throwing out there... Oh, they're garbage. They're so poorly scoped that, like, they can either, in certain cases, they can be very implicit or they could be widely implicit. And
2: Well, for context, right? This was... The Roe thing we all kind of knew was going to happen eventually, right? We all knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. But someone leaking that decision, and I I
0: would bet anything I
2: I would bet anything it was a conservative. I would bet anything it was like a dunk. It was like essentially like, hey guys, look at what we're about to do and you can't stop us. I wouldn't be shocked either way, if it was a Republican or or it was a conservative or liberal. But what's amazing is that fucking Biden, who's isn't Biden a constitutional scholar, Am I am I correct about that?
1: Yes, you're right. Barack
2: Barack Obama certainly is. They've had three months before the decision finally became official to have a game plan. The Supreme Court confirmed it was real. They had three months, and their best retort was, "Well, we just got to go out there and vote, guys." Just there again, we have to play the game. There's a game I always like to play: stupid or evil. And either the Democratic Party is stupid and complete, and like the Biden administration has no clue what they're doing, or they're complicit. Simple as that for me.
1: Yeah, I think the the fundraising and the election angle, like, yep. kind of seals the deal for me. Like they needed something. They could have been stupid. I mean, there's there's a number of um, stories about particular like um, pro women's rights like nonprofits that were supposed to be providing information and advocacy for um, pro-choice movement and the pro-choice movement and things like that nature. But there was actually like a shit ton of infighting that happened at that point. And they were arguing about like getting a pay raise at work. Like I, I, I am an advocate for people being paid a living wage, but Can we have this conversation after that? You know, you're about to be stripped of a constitutional right. Can we talk about that first before we talk about, like, adding more fucking flavors of fizzy water in the break room?
2: It's just – in total, just no – and this is the biggest problem with this, like, big tent that the Democrats have had is that they've been, and like, Nancy Pelosi going to Texas to campaign for Henley Solar before this happened is just so fucking on brand. Yeah. That you are literally allowing, like, pro life Democrats to invade your fucking party. A rating from the fucking uh, N- 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 NRA, by the way, as well. I mean, yeah. Brock, Barack Obama once said, don't underestimate Joe's ability to fuck things up. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, he was 100% right. That was apparently, like he said in private, but like, don't ever
0: underestimate Joe Biden's can, ability to fuck things up. Can we also up. talk about how awesome that that new strategy of Democrats has been to, I think we have talked about it, um, to essentially yeah. like promote the fucking, like the more evil candidate on the right
2: because you think it, you it, might
0: be able to beat that easier like they're not all a, not of state take over
2: <laughs> they only think with um with percentage chances of winning so Jessica Jessica Cinaros, who was going against him in uh, that district in Texas was a Bernie Sanders uh, <laughs> uh endorsed candidate um indigenous i believe um and she obviously is pro-choice and you know very much the bernie sanders template and they 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 don't fuck with you they don't fuck with that type of uh mentality they want people that are going to vote within the corporate interests of the democratic party and if, if you're pro-life we don't give a shit as long as you vote with us that's all that matters and they and again they also play the idea of like well he can win in that district she can't win in that district and it's they play that game of they'll they'll endorse this shitty she candidate. Went,
1: she went to a runoff with that guy, though.
2: Yeah, it was like a couple thousand votes at most. Yeah, or a couple hundred votes, actually, I think. It was
1: and it's really going to be close. hysterical when, is it Henry Cuellar? Is that his name?
2: Henry he, Cuellar, yeah.
1: When he loses? Great.
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I hope he fucking does because he's the only pro-life Democrat in in Congress. So might as well just get rid of him as far as I'm concerned. I'm willing to see that fucking seat as, if it gets him out.
0: We needed a you know, we needed an heir to the man cinema fucking machine that fucking blocks anything fucking Democrats try to do anyhow.
2: Isn't Man oh, he would make a
0: perfect fucking addition isn't, to that one. Isn't
2: fucking Joe Manchin on the Judiciary Committee? Am I, he's am on I a crazy? number of them.
0: He's on a lot of committees.
2: he should he should in I would say within the first six months of the Biden presidency, if he was actually the real FDR like the new FDR that people claimed he was going to be, he would have said you are going to vote for this or I'm going to strip you of every single fucking committee that you have and just go full scale war against
1: him. That's the thing though is that Biden never branded himself as the modern FDR.
2: No, it was all the fucking sowing consent into the fucking masses.
1: Did we talk about this a couple weeks ago? I think so. yeah, Yeah, that there's a there was a portrait of FDR in the White House and he asked, like, why is that in here? Uh, who is that guy? It's like I'm I'm not i I'm not really a big fan of FDR. Like I okay. you got any Nixon? You got any Nixon?
2: I read that when when the Supreme Court was talking about um declaring that the New Deal was unconstitutional, he threatened them and said, I will i will I'll I'll appoint a thousand justices. Which I don't even know if he could, could do, and there was question about whether or not he could do it, but they backed down.
1: Yeah, because there's no there's no actual limit to the number of justices that are right. available. The, right. the Constitution
0: says there has to be a Supreme Court, but everything underneath it is up to the discretion of Congress. So. Yeah, I would say...
1: There's a lot of shit in the Constitution that we are being asked to interpret from 240 years ago.
0: Well, and, isn't that, and... like That's the dumbest part about the whole thing. It's like if you think about it the the fact that we interpret anything means that the words are subject to change so therefore doesn't it make sense that a constitution needs to change over time
2: john thomas jefferson thomas jefferson there's a famous jefferson quote in which he believes that the constitution should be updated i, I forgot how many years it is every 20 years every 20 years thank you tom Every twenty years to suit the needs of of the of how the world is now, I, I, I'm, I'm butchering the fucking quote, but like it's amazing how nobody ever fucking talks about that when it comes to the Constitution.
0: Well, it's just it's ridiculous, man. When we hear all this fucking originalism fucking talk, and it's like the fucking thing talks more about property and privacy than it does about actual citizen rights. A majority of Americans pop American populations wouldn't actually be like included in the original chartering of this fucking document. You know, like it's stupid.
1: It's can we even not- just like this is these are also the same people that were putting leeches on their bodies and <laughs> <Yeah>. basically <laughs> humor, pois- yeah. basically poisoning themselves in the thought that, oh, I have a cold, therefore I need to drink all of this ether and I'll be okay. Like this is just because they did it doesn't mean it was perfect and doesn't mean it should stay that way forever.
0: This was the same people that tripped off of bad bread and then thought people were witches. You know what I mean? Like this is <laughs> like, we we We're not talking about this wasn't written by like It's in the format of, like, a fucking fortune cookie, honestly. When you read through some of the ambiguousness of it, like, you can interpret certain things like, uh, what is it, Bill of Rights Clause 9, which which says that, like, not everything has to be written into this Constitution to be a right, and therefore not
1: everything should be written into the Constitution that would be a right. It's, like, such a fucking weird... Look, if you were to read it, it, like, on Independence Day, the way the NPR does... It's beautiful. It flows really well. If you were to read it like a professor and this was just a political science class and somebody submitted this as a paper, you'd be like, the fuck is this? No. <laughs> I <laughs> I have a conclusion that if you read see it, me after class.
0: <laughs> if if you read it and you and you look through it, it's an actual map to where we keep our national treasure. And it's, it's buried somewhere deep within the fucking caverns of the Fed.
1: I have a sneaking suspicion that it's just a giant factory of rotisserie chickens. <laughs> that have been rotisserizing? For so, 242 we're... years, yes. Yes. Oh God.
2: <laughs> so...
1: so th- rotisserie <laughs> By the way, when this constitution was written... You needed to be very careful of how much tobacco you smoked in a single day because it was so potent you would go fucking – you would go on a trip. It was basically Salvia. Yes. (laughs) So do you think people just got toked up and was like, yo, let's write something cool?
0: Yeah. Newsflash, guys. Jamestown was a narco colony.
1: If you read it upside down, it's actually the regulations for fantasy football.
2: We should get blasted and write a new constitution.
1: That would be sick. You when, hear about a, with his on that hour constitution. <laughs> hour, hour
0: constitution
1: you have an hour to finish this keg and finish a constitution
2: oh my god did you guys hear about kavanaugh apparently getting protested at morton's steakhouse
1: yeah yeah
2: it's so funny because aoc got, it got a lot of shit because she made a joke that they should well the, the least they could do is let him eat cake which is obviously a Reference to Marie Antoinette, which is, I think it's great. Get him. And everyone's like, oh my god, this is so terrible. Apparently he didn't even know they were out there originally. Because, like, (laughs) it's not like he, he didn't hear them. He didn't see them. They were outside protesting while he was eating. And then he was like alerted to it. So, like, it's not like he got pushed and shoved and all that.
1: Yeah, he wasn't eating on the patio.
2: Right, like he <laughs> he was eating inside, and then they were like, "Sir, you know, we need to get you out of here because you know you're being you know, you've got protesters outside, who are peacefully protesting, by the way." And everyone's making it like the end of the world. That like, oh my god, he's being. You know what? I don't see any. I we we joked about this, right? But like. I don't see anything in the constitution that says we can't go and protest you while you're eating dinner
1: to, to provide a comparative. You're allowed to stand and chant and say horrible things to women that are going into a Planned Parenthood, Interesting. But, God, but God fucking forbid. Interesting. Brett Kavanaugh could not enjoy his baked potato in privacy and in <laughs> peace. I, it's the whole and his 17 fucking PBRs that he probably <laughs> sucked down. <the> <laughs> that he
0: only beer bongs now, right? I like beer. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about that is it feels more like it was a mass like it was a, a a situation that was produced by Mortons to raise awareness that this is where fucking Supreme Court justices go to eat.
1: Yeah. Like, and now was, you're gonna have the fucking oath keepers outside of your establishment. Like yep, that's, exactly. those are the people that you're gonna want get hungry. Around. When they're done with their shift protecting and serving,
0: they're gonna have to come in and get a fucking meal
2: by the way you know? prop, props to AOC I I've I've had a lot of shit about her and I've had a lot of things that I don't like about what she does but she's actually one of the few people calling out saying that like hey they lied during their confirmation
1: hearing oh yeah like big time
2: we want to do anything about this because like they literally said Roe was settled law Gorsuch Gorsuch said it and Kavanaugh both said it so it's like we're gonna just let them lie and that, that's it like no one, no one's gonna discuss it talk about it
1: anything I mean, why are we
0: even talking about it right now?
1: Yeah, And I'm also a little concerned about the fact that we are trying to artificially create a separation between politicians and government, people who work within the federal government and the people who have to serve under it. That seems a little bit of a contradiction of how this country is supposed to operate in which the people have the decision power and the people have are the ones who set the agenda for our government and for what the future of the country is going to be. And when you're saying that this person deserves to be able to eat in privacy, like, but the people that pay his fucking salary want to have a word with him. Yeah. Oh no, this is the
2: Supreme court. We don't, they're, they're sacred orcs. They don't, they don't have to answer to your fucking plebeian
1: arguments.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're fucking monarchs. They're 100% monarchs in our day and age, man.
1: Yeah, but but, I see plenty of court cases that are overturned every day. The, theirs included. They're not perfect, and they're the, not getting this right.
0: This has been a long time coming of a flip of the courts, man. And it 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 began, I think, like right after Nixon had, had changed the makeup, the genetic makeup of the fucking courts. But until that point, Cheney had a lot to do with it. Dude, until that point, the idea was that the Supreme Court protected the the people from government. And then the idea flipped that the Supreme Court protect the government from the people. And now we're kind of in this this is like HR for fucking like in bolster or 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 the only things that they plan on protecting are guns in, in forms of like citizen rights. And anything else is gonna get fucking dismantled or destroyed or just ripped apart because or
1: privatized. Yeah. It's it's that's the other component that we're not talking about either.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Kavanaugh's debts kind of disappeared when he, uh, when he got on the court, right?
1: What happened there? Funny how that fucking worked out. Ah, well, I guess, you know, well, I'm sure we'll be having this conversation more. Um, I want to move on to our two favorite um, topics of this week. But before we go, do you guys have any closing thoughts on what we were recently talking about?
0: Listen, I've stood by and watched as SCOTUS has dismantled our dear Constitution. I've sat by and I've watched as people have insurrected into our Capitol buildings. And I can't take it anymore. Give me fifteen dollars <laughs> Give me your fifteen dollars so I can watch this a little bit richer
2: i didn't I didn't know where that was going to go, and that fucking paid off greatly yeah um Primo right there. <laughs> I just got three words abolish judicial review that's it.
1: Uh, my closing thoughts are it's clear that you all haven't voted hard enough. <laughs> Have you
0: tried
2: voting harder? yes yeah.
1: Have you tried going to the gym before the voting booth? <laughs> you,
2: you know what really you should need do? To get in there
0: and slam that lever down. I'm just gonna. Next time I go to vote, I'm gonna vote so hard that nobody can vote after me, affirming that my vote is the most <laughs> important. Vote. I'm gonna go in there with a fucking crowbar, a hammer.
2: After I vote, I'm just gonna break the fucking machine so like no one can vote after me.
1: Ron Watkins is going to come and find you then. He's like, (laughs) I figured out how to hack the Dominion system. You break it.
2: We'll have to talk more about that another day for uh, Q has returned. I'm back, (laughs) baby. I'm back, and I'm better than fucking ever.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Let's move on to assholes of the week, and this is everybody's favorite topic and section that we have of this podcast. Who wants to kick it off this week? You can have multiple assholes because we've been gone for multiple weeks, if you feel so inclined.
0: Yeah, my asshole of the week is going to be Herschel Walker um, for giving this uh, very um, impassioned speech about why clean air is a bad thing. <laughs> sure. And um, basically, he said that if we're making good clean air um then it's going to just go float over to China's bad air. So um you know we we can't we can't do that. We can't give them the good air because that would be a bad idea. What the fuck are you on? Is your CTE acting up like
2: <laughs> He took too many he took too many blows to the head.
0: Way too fucking many. This is also why it's like anybody can get into fucking politics but that doesn't mean they should. Um
2: have have you guys ever seen his son christian walker before
0: no what's what's okay. going on with this guy? you
2: need to look up christian walker videos because they're the funniest thing i can't tell if it's a bit or not but he is a gay anti-gay um activist pretty much and he's wait, got, wait, wait. He, is a, he is a he is a gay man who is very anti-lgbt um and okay. but he'll he'll post something like Starbucks was out of like their new cup. Thanks a lot, Joe Biden. And I I seriously can't tell if it's like a a really smart funny bit or if he's super serious because it's fucking hilarious.
0: He's, he's just the guy going around to all the gas stations putting the stickers. Like I did yes that. yes
2: totally kid. totally. totally that type of move like he'll he'll post some video about like gas prices but it's just him like posing gas prices being too high it's just he's again either way it's hilarious um i can't tell if he's serious or not though but i recommend anyone to look him up because it's really really funny
0: it's just uh, so many clowns man like you wonder why like things aren't getting done like we got people that don't understand how air works you know what i mean like it's so fucking insane,
2: ah uh, God, it's really it's science, man. Air will travel to other countries and will displace
1: bad air with good air. I mean, come it's on. also an indictment of the Georgia higher education system. <laughs> yeah
0: you know, I think that's the overarching. like the whole time we've been sitting here, like vote harder or whatever, it's like, actually like read a book, please. like this is this is getting absurd. These people, man, like, where do they get their ideas? The internet, right? It's a fucking sewer.
2: It really is.
0: Oh my god! But yeah, Herschel Walker, asshole.
2: (laughs) I'm gonna go. I gotta go with Lauren Boebert. I mean, come on! Like, out of all things this week, um, for her, the beautiful thing about these, um, these candidates is that they just say the shit out loud. And this is why I've said, like, we've had our discussions about Trump and DeSantis a million times, and I've said that DeSantis is far scarier because. Trump will just tell you what he's going to do. And it's like, okay, well, thank you for letting me know. And, you know, it's anticipatory at that point. Boebert said that she's tired of this whole separation of church and state thing. And <laughs>
0: and it's just so Don't worry, funny. it'll be gone soon.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, like, that's why, like, people should heed what she says. Because it is quite clearly going to become the doctrine of the Republican Party soon enough. Typically they're kind of early on it because they're the Q people that get like the, what the base of the Republican party wants. And then a little bit, maybe give it a year or two. And it's like a main major tenant of the Republican party. So Um, but yeah, she, she's basically calling for the end of separation of church and state in this country. We are, they want a, they pretty open at this point that they want a religious theocracy.
1: Yeah.
2: And, um, and, (laughs) and like, it's so funny because they talk about Sharia law, which is, you know, a, the main, the, the modern doctrine of like, like, uh, Muslim countries that are like are religious theocracies. I don't want to live in fucking Catholic fucking law either, or Christian law. As the same way I don't want to live under Muslim law.
0: Like it, It's wild, man, because only like a fifth of the population is actually like evangelical Christians. But, but like they are basically like their ideas are ruling half of the major parties, or literally more than half of the major parties <laughs> in America right now, you know?
2: Amendment 1 of the U.S. Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion.
0: No respect. Literally,
2: literally, right there.
0: No respect.
1: So it just, yeah, it, but it's an interpretation. Oh, of course. That's Which the one that we picked the shit out of. <laughs> uh so I, yeah, I really want like a satanic like cult leader to become president. Then, oh, be fucking awesome. They're actually nice people.
2: <laughs> they actually like yeah. I've i like I've not met them, but I've seen like a lot of things about Satanists, and they seem like very pleasant people. So yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah, we're good. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that it's time to start like as silly as Marjorie Taylor Green and Lauren Lauren Bulbert can be, it's time to start paying attention to what they say because it will become the major tenant of the party very soon. So,
1: and there is a population of people that that resonates with,
2: Uh, I would say a larger amount than you'd probably expect.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go a little off grid for my asshole of the week because it's in fact an entire organization. And it's very niche, so I apologize. But it's the FIA, which is the governing body of several different racing series in the world. They oversee Formula One racing. And for some of you, I some of you know that I'm a Formula One racing fan. It's gotten to the point right now where they don't understand the rules that they've created. They have various forms of like, technical directives and racing instructions and race day operations. And they're fining drivers in teams for breaking or in like infringing on the the rules and expectations that they have. But teams are walking into these hearings with two different rules in front of them and saying, which one do we follow? And the FIA, particularly formula one regulation is so big that they have so many rules that they forget which they put down. And it's gotten to the point now where drivers are getting so frustrated with how the sport is being regulated, that they're actively campaigning against the FIA. And, A guy who won four straight world championships walked out of a driver's meeting with the race director this past weekend at the Austrian GP, and they fined him $25,000 for it because he said, quote, I've been listening to this shit for 15 years, and I'm not going to do it anymore. This...
0: (sighs) It's actually this is a really fitting asshole for this episode because I feel like this is it's a all micro- about bureaucracy, <laughs> dude. It's it's such a micro for for exactly like the things we brought up today in this episode. It's it is kind of ins- like, yeah, like how do you how do you make sense of how big is this rule book? How how many volumes of rules have you ever do they have it composed
1: in one place that you could look at all the rules? They do. It's online and it's big.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, it makes sense that it's a very complex sport. So so
1: there's the rule book and then there's the, the race director's interpretation of the rules. So the race director will give all 10 teams, their interpretation of the rules for a particular race that they're going to have. So next two weeks from now, they're going to be in France. There's going to be a set of rules that are implied for that location and this is what happens when you tell people that these are interpretations of rules. People get real fucking confused after a while. And it's a whole giant bureaucracy to the point where teams just don't know who to listen to anymore. So they're just going and doing their own thing. And this is, is a Christian really rules? they're not Christian rules, no. <laughs> but this is this is the thing that's the most interesting is that Formula One is weirdly and wildly popular in the U S for the first time in a very long time. And now they're actually getting American viewers and fans to finally start committing to watching full races, full seasons and getting behind a lot of these teams. I'm afraid they're going to do exactly what every sport has done and overregulate the shit out of them and confuse people and effectively get to the point where people are just like, this is too complicated. I don't want to watch this anymore. And F1 has not always been like the premier racing league in the world. For a long time, it was hemorrhaging money. Like it was so expensive to run and operate. They're going all over the world. And it's not until probably 2016 that they started to get some good traction. And then in 2018, Netflix had the Drive to Survive series came out. And now they have, their, they have a lot of money. They have a lot of publicity. They have a lot of Americans that are interested now. And I'm afraid they're going to fuck this up because they can't figure out what oh, rules to follow. They will, they will, fuck. they will fuck. Oh, well,
0: so I mean, it's it, uh, like you said, it's a bureau- bureaucratic issue um, that's that's kind of causing this. Um, it sounds like it's also more more so like a structural issue in how they govern themselves. It, it's it's like each each area has its own what each each course has its own race master and they have their own interpretation
1: last year they had one race director for all 23 races and he was effectively fired at the end of the year because his interpretation of a rule ultimately lost lewis hamilton who has won seven world championships It effectively made it he lost his world champion his eighth world championship because of this rules interpretation on the last lap and They fired him good
0: entertainment to me.
1: I mean, it was compelling to watch, but it was bullshit at the same time. Like it was an artificially created situation. Um, and now they have two race directors, but they both interpret the rules differently. And they also have stewards of each race that will review incidents that happen on track. And they're not all the same. So there's a huge consistency issue with like any kind of interpretation of the rules. Like somebody gets into an accident with another driver, you know it might be just a racing incident it might be a 5 second penalty it might be a 10 place grid drop in the next qualifying it might be like 3 points on your super license it's there's no consistency <laughs> in rules regulations and things like that so
0: you you've already lost me actually like i'm i'm like already i'm like i'm out like if this was shark tank i'd be like i'm out bro
1: the Sorry. races this year have been fantastic but the just it's very much in the same way that you don't want like umpires or referees being the ones that determine the outcomes of games. And right now it's the officials that are doing it for races. Yeah. So the not... FIA, you're my asshole of the week. Congrats. You'll get your decoder ring next week. <laughs> Moving on to picks of the week.
2: You yeah, know, much to say about it. Um been finally kind of digging into uh, the boys. Um, season two, I'm on season two, season three is out as well. Um, I was kind of not super into it when it kind of first came out. It was, it was fine. It just didn't really kind of capture me. Uh, but I've been kind of since catching up on it. And so it's, it's took a little bit of time, but it's, I'm really enjoying it. So if, uh, I know there's a lot of hype on it, so I'm not going to go too much in on it, but, uh, imagine if superheroes were just giant assholes. So,
0: yeah, to that point, I will go a little further into it because I've, I've caught up almost to the very end of season three and where I felt like it wanes a little bit um, in season two, you got a little bit of so whatism going on with the story plot season three comes in and it's, they really kick up the intensity a lot. I think that they find, they've found a really great Avenue here to be creative with the ever popular superhero genre. Um, it is unconventional. It is edgy. Um, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, like this this puts Deadpool to shame. And um season three, like Q, where you where you think you are now, you're gonna have your jaw fucking go slack watching fucking episodes in season three. Because I actually have to give up I have to give it up to Amazon. They really they really let them go and get creative and and be as fucking raunchy as they want fucking be as gory as they want in season three it's a lot of action it's a lot of fun
1: go watch it i'm surprised because amazon has not put out a lot of like consistently good like original content lately um and i watched the first season of the boys and i kind of fell off of it just because you know I have like 900 streaming services, and there's only so much you can watch. But you only have hearing, two eyes. Yeah, hearing two people in saying, like, this has been good. You should get back into it. I'm, I'm going to do that.
2: Yeah, I would recommend you get wrong on season two because the first few episodes are kind of like, all right, what's going on here? But it's starting to build and starting to get really, really good. So this requires a little bit of patience. But
0: and, and I would say even if you feel like things – teeter in season in season two. Season three is good enough to carry you through
1: all the way. Awesome. Um so Gato we got the boys for you. Q we got the boys for you. So I that's a double pick. I think people should go out and watch that. Oh no
0: that that's not my pick. Oh what is your I, pick then? <laughs> that's not my pick, but um it is a good pick. It is a good pick. My pick is uh because of everything going on with the Supreme Court, I picked up a book recently called um, ex, uh, Supreme Inequality. And uh, it is the Supreme Court's 50-year battle for a more unjust America. It was written by Adam Cohen. Um, and I'm only about three chapters in, but the first chapter was about defending the poor. The second chapter was about or ruling against the poor would be the second chapter. And then I just finished the chapter on education and um, it's really good. I think it's, it's a great book to really get some consciousness about how the Supreme court operates, the history of the Supreme court and generally a good perspective on the overarching issues or social issues in America and the court cases that kind of paved the way for where we got to and where we are now. Um, it's so far it's kept my, it, my uh, attention um, especially with books that are like, you know, very heavy in fact deviate or I'll slow down when I'm reading them. Uh, this one I will stay up and read a couple extra pages um, at the end of the at the end of the night because it's it's a good compelling story. So uh, give that a give that a read if you know you're looking for something about the Supreme Court. It's a hot topic
1: right now. Absolutely, and we'll have links to both Supreme Inequality and the Boys in the episode description as well as my pick of the week. And my pick of the week is going back to somebody who was my pick a couple of months ago. And it's a YouTube channel called knowing better. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy who runs the YouTube channel, he puts out long form, like documentary style, um, like specials about specific topics in history. Recently, he put one out about six days ago about cigarettes and the cigarette industry. It's called light up a torch of freedom. And it was, all about how tobacco was like discovered and how it was effectively corporatized and how the tobacco industrial complex or tobacco lobbying groups have really shaped a lot of things related to how we advertise in this country a lot of the restrictions in tobacco are things that to like big tobacco has self-imposed on themselves. Um, one of the things that I found the most interesting is that to like cigarette filters, when you smoke a cigarette and you see that the filter, the white turns Brown, that's not because it's filtering out tobacco or tar. It's fil- It turns Brown because in the factory, they change the pH of the paper. So when anything passes through it that's that's warm, it will turn brown. So providing people with a false sense of security that they're actually healthier because they're smoking a filtered cigarette is not in fact the case. And there's been a number of things that cigarette companies have done to try to manipulate public understanding of how cigarettes and tobacco work. He also gets into how menthol is commonly referred to as a, a popular thing in the black African-American community, which it's not because the majority of menthol smokers are in fact white. He also talked about too, um, how in many cases, there's this push right now to ban menthol cigarettes and, um, there's been a push from the African American community not to do that. However, they're also supported by a lobbying group that's ran by Philip Morris.
0: <laughs> uh, fucking course. Um, Tom, you shared that link and I was like, yeah, you know, like I clicked on it and I was like, this is two hours long. This is either going to be, uh, I don't know if it was two hours long. It it's was, like an
1: hour and a half. It was an it hour was and a half. Long. It,
0: was, it was an hour and a half. And I was like, Either this is going to be like the worst thing I'll ever sit through, or it's going to be amazing. Right. And it was honestly, it was amazing. I watched that. I don't think I took my eyes off the fucking screen for a second because it is an app. It's an absolutely well, like super well researched, and it's mind blowing how much of I feel like American culture in general, American history is intertwined with like the tobacco industry yeah, and how how much of a – was the motivator or the catalyst for certain things or certain parts of – like coupons, trading Mm -hmm. cards, these are things that like came out of the conception of cigarettes. And cigarettes themselves were like one of the first things that they synergized, right? Like taking like weaker versions of tobacco. Like it was one of the places they first GMO'd if you think about it. You know, it's like – it's fucking nuts like that. And and it takes it all the, like the great thing is that it goes all the way from like Jamestown being a colony all the way to to now to, to now to the modern age. And how even today we're seeing that like they still have a rhetorical campaign out there. Um, they've they've now kind of embedded themselves or their ideals into like the libertarian party. Yeah, like it's it's wild, man. It was it's such a great fucking episode, and yeah, great pick. Absolute yeah, great
1: pick. And they don't and um, new episodes on this channel don't come out very often, frankly, because the level of research that goes into them, and they're they're typically long. They they normally run about an hour to an hour and a half, and the guy who runs the page, he's got really interesting and compelling episodes on like why Starship Troopers is actually a really interesting like book and film. Um, Talking about like redefining American capitalism and how like the libertarian party tried to redefine that Um, the price of being poor, um, what climate change policy looks like. So it covers a number of different topics and they're all really interesting and really compelling. And I, anytime I see something new that comes out from him, I'm always like, I gotta tune in. I gotta set, I gotta set some time on the calendar and just listen to it.
2: It's always funny. You mentioned Starship Troopers. It's always funny to me when people don't get <clears throat> that it's a, it's a allegory of fascism, and that the bugs are actually the good guys in the story, and the yeah, the soldiers are the bad guys.
1: <laughs> so the funny thing is, is Paul Verhoeven, who is yes. the director of the film Starship Troopers. Cop and Bob. He- he didn't read the book. He first read like chapter. the first chapter. Yeah, but the guy who wrote the book was kind of pro-fascism.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's inherently
1: <laughs> very pro-fascist book. Yeah, but yeah. that that like that like wink and a nod is not in the book because the guy who wrote it was actually down with it. Yeah,
2: because the, <laughs> yeah. the, bu- the bugs in this in the book are really not
1: bugs. They're, right.
2: you know. They're, right. ref- they're referring right. to
1: communists. Yeah, mostly communism. like the Chinese is what they're referring to. Yep. So, wow. All that to be said, like, give it a listen. And again, we'll we'll link it in the the show notes as well. But uh, I think that does it, guys. You got anything else?
0: Vote hard or go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah it give, give, give Second Mouse podcast 50 dollars so you can we can fight fascism on your. Yeah.
1: Podcast. Uh, Cthulhu Vecna twenty four. <laughs> oh God, yeah, my vote. At least they have a climate change policy. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turning all the air bad. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for us on the second Mouse podcast here. Thank you again for tuning in. We do this every week. We did take a couple weeks' break though, but we do this every week and we talk about things that are going on in the news. We talk about things that are going on in tech, and in art and in mass media. Um, Do us a favor and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and give us a like and a follow. We also, believe it or not, now have a Facebook page as well. So if you're on Facebook and you're okay with Mark Zuckerberg staring at all your pictures and waiting for you to reply to his friend request, just jump on there and give us a like and a follow and tell all your friends.
0: Is that why it said Zuckerberg poked me? Yeah. Yeah. that was that. That's what yeah. I'm about. Okay. But you can't yeah.
1: report that though. Um, <laughs> lastly, if there's any other topics that you want us to talk about in the show, or you want to tune in and give us your picks or your assholes of the week, let us know, and we will we will bring it on the show and talk it out. But yeah,
2: five, five star review, please. Five star review, please. Yeah,
1: and make sure when you're putting that five star review in, you're breaking the fucking screen of your phone.
2: And leave us a, 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 a leave a leave a comment. As well. Like, if there's anything we need to work on. But you know what? Don't be critical.
1: Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. That, that's it for us. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Okay. Let's give me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are Walmart.
0: And then he says, and I'm not kidding. He goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap
2: for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Turn it up.
0: I can make your hands clap. Say I can make your hands clap. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker.